Good morning, everyone. Good morning. My name is Gabriel Goins. And my, my name is Deanna Goins. And we are the proud sons of Melissa Goins. Our mother is the founder of Marcella built the city up with her developments and her project. She has also done a lot for us as a mother. And now welcoming our mother and friends to many, Melissa Gomez. All right, good morning everyone. Good you morning. all look extremely beautiful. As the boys mentioned, my name is Melissa Goins. I'm here representing Morin's Development Group. Uh, it is with great pleasure that I, along with my development partner, Josh, where are you? Hi, Josh. Uh, Josh Jeffers, who is the founder of uh, J.Jeffers & Co., welcome you to the groundbreaking of the historic Garfield redevelopment. This development means so much to me, it means so much to us, and I know that that sentiment is shared by many of you. So we already took our moment to clap, so I'll skip that part. <laughs> it has taken two and a half years for this day to come, and we are here. Admittedly, as long as two and a half years feels, it is nothing when you think about how far we have come as a country and as a city. I mean, literally, it has been 400 years since the first slaves made it to the American colonies and fast forward to today, where I, as an African-American woman, can have my black sons introducing me on stage as we celebrate this investment. I posit that this says a lot about how far we have come, but also the work that we have yet to do. Because we are friends here, I know I can be honest with you. I have written, deleted, tweaked, and adjusted my talking points for today several times. It has been tricky for me to craft the message because while we are here to celebrate a significant investment in the city, I also have the upfront experience with what it took to make this happen, including the practices of microaggressive tendencies built into our modes of operation. So when crafting remarks, we know that there is a level of consideration that the speaker has to give to the audience in that the message has to be able to be received by the listeners. And so why I concluded is, if you're here today, you have a level of openness and a level of readiness to hear some of my sort of reflections. And so here are just a few of my thoughts. At each moment, we have the opportunity to step deeper into our greatness. At each moment, we have the opportunity to call into question what we know to be our truth. Society has taken an individualistic turn to the detriment of the whole. Which is not to say that we should not be concerned with our own well-being. 
it is to say that our individual development should be leveraged for the benefit of the greater good. There is no limit to the movements that we can take part in, whether it relates to race, gender, sexual orientation, disability, human trafficking, education, blood, organ donations, and so on. My point is simply this. If it took 400 years for a woman of color to break ground on a $17 million development in this city, don't be so easy to quit when the going gets tough. You are who you have been waiting on, and we all are waiting on you. This doesn't require a culturation, assimilation, or cultural appropriation. Liberation happens in the person first, and then the power is transposed to others to begin small movements that become large movements that in turn actualizes the change that we desire. The Garfield redevelopment began with a vision for our community and a lot of people here today helped nurture that vision. What makes this project so powerful is the intentional cultivation with which so many layers have been woven together to make it truly a catalytic development by restoring the Garfield School and constructing the Garfield uh, or the Griot on this campus we are transforming a largely vacant block into vibrant places for people to live, work, gather, and learn. We are also catalyzing development for Halyard Park, which is a neighborhood that we stand in, and Bronzeville as we connect the momentum from downtown into our neighborhood. We are providing quality homes for our families and individuals of all income levels. We are highlighting the talent of local artists whose art we are infusing across the campus, which some of those artists are here with us today, so be sure to check them out. We are growing new green space, building gathering spaces. We are creating jobs and training opportunities through a partnership with Northcott Neighborhood House and Employed Milwaukee. And we are becoming the new home of America's Black Holocaust Museum, who I am happy <laughs> who I am happy to share will reopen their doors in 2018. At this time, I'd like to introduce the executive director of WIDA, Wayman Winston. A year ago, WIDA served as a catalyst for implementation when they announced our low-income housing tax credit award. So it's only fitting that they are back on stage today. As Wayman makes his way up to the stage, I actually want to, I want to take the opportunity to shine light on the need in our community um, to become blood and marrow donors. Every two seconds, a person needs blood. About 38% of the population is eligible to donate, but less than 5% actually do. I've only ever said what I'm about to say once before in public, um, and that is that my 20-month-old daughter was born with a blood disorder. She will be two in August, and by the, by the time um, she will have, by that time, she will have had 20 blood transfusions. That means that 20 people gave of themselves so that a stranger could have a chance 
at life. So when I speak to you about what we can do for others, it doesn't require millions of dollars. What it requires is a heart, and what it requires is compassion. So the Blood Center of Wisconsin is here, so please take the time to go visit them at the table. You can gather information on this cause, and you have the opportunity to register for my first blood drive that will be hosted in July. And also, as a special kind of thank you, um, I would say to tie in the, the museum, um, they have a book that they just re-released of Dr. Cameron's memoirs. Dr. Cameron is the founder of the museum. And we purchased 20 of those books to give away to the first 20 people that go to the, to the blood center's table to get information about this um, important cause. So with that, Lena, your turn. Good morning, morning. to the Lieutenant Governor, my good friend, to the Mayor, to the elected officials, to my partner, uh, Secretary Marcou, who, Commissioner Marcou, who uh, along with Melissa and others have worked to make this happen. Many of you heard that, that African proverb, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, take your village. And this has been a project, as Melissa said, two and a half years to get it done, but here we are. And so I want to say, go on, my sister, because I want to leave you with this note before I bring our Lieutenant Governor here. I've been involved in affordable housing in this state for well over 25 years. Thousands of units all over this state. I've worked with developers, big and small. 70% of the staffs of most of those organizations are women. But until Melissa came along and the work that was done here in Milwaukee, I had not seen in this city a female developer. <laughs> Melissa isn't, Melissa isn't just a one-trick developer. She has been a consistent, competitive developer for well over this decade. And as one group of developers leave the scene, the Mars Company and many other young developers are the future of the built environment in our great city here. I am really excited to be here. It was just a year ago, it was around May 5th, that Lieutenant Governor Clay Fish and I were here to announce the 2016 low-income housing tax credits in the Urban League offices. And it was a small affair like this, but we had a great time. And so the energy that I see here began a year ago. And I hope that energy was part of what propelled Melissa and her partners to now bring this project, the Garfield campus, to fruition. Isn't it wonderful that not only are we going to get workforce housing, but we're going to get a museum that, that shows and puts a light on 
an important part of the history of America. Melissa has been this unique developer that has connected the brick and mortar and community and people together that makes community. And without community, there is no city. The city is not the buildings, it is the people. And Melissa, the developer, has realized that, and you see that in her work. So we just proud, we're proud of the role that we were able to play. This was not an easy project. Very few of them are. But when, you, when we come back here to open this up, you will see that it was worth all our effort, all the hard work to make this so, because $17 million don't come with a fairy godmother. It comes with a Mars development team that does that hard work to get it done. And so let me turn to our lieutenant governor. Not only a lieutenant governor, but a mother. Uh, and the lieutenant governor has been an advocate for growing businesses and supporting our community and supporting the work here and, and across the state. As I said, we were here last May announcing the awards for this project and many others. And I have to say that the Lieutenant Governor and I, tag team, we are at projects all over the city. And she doesn't just drop in, but she has relationships with our community, with our developers, with our neighborhoods, and ways to give her much more insight as one of our elected officials. So it isn't that she's just in Madison. It isn't that she's just the Lieutenant Governor. She sees it her job to be a servant for the citizens of this community. And I'm honored to invite her to the stage to say some kind words to our developer, our Lieutenant Governor, Rebecca Clayfish. Thank you, Mr. Secretary. How are you? What a day. This is pretty extraordinary. I met my girlfriend, Melissa, Six years ago, we were on a plane, and then we were on a bus, and then we were in a hotel, but not here. We're in Detroit, and it seems pretty odd to meet a Milwaukee developer when you're going to Detroit, but the thing was, uh, Wayman decided that if Milwaukee was to develop great opportunities and new solutions to bring about a renaissance then we were going to learn from the city that had far worse struggles than ours. We went to Detroit when there was speculation about whether there was going to be a bankruptcy or whether there wasn't. There were rumors that they were going to have to sell all these beautiful art collections in their museums, that there was going to be tragedy in this city that was built for millions but now only housed a couple hundred thousand. As we got on that tour bus in Detroit, I picked a seat next to Melissa. We spent the day talking about development, about our love for this city, a city in which she was raised, a city 
in which I spent a career as a journalist, covering both its trials but also its tremendous successes. We talked about our shared hope for a revival, a renaissance, and the way it could happen through secure housing. She talked about her wishes for her boys. I talked about my wishes for my girls. And since then, we've spent years talking about those exact same things, how we have big hopes for our little ones in our great state. Today, it's a shame almost that Avalyn's not here because though the boys did an extraordinary job, are you with me? In introducing Melissa, um, Evelyn's charming, she's adorable, um, but she is two, um, and you know two-year-olds. But the thing is, uh, when you see a woman like this developing a $17 million project, you know that she is about to raise a woman who will one day do a $70 million project. <laughs> On that trip, I learned about capital stacking, and Melissa has turned it into an art. Uh, she has had help from any number of entities, people who believe in this project, people who believe in Bronzeville. Two months ago, I took my daughters to a wonderful original play about Bronzeville's heyday, why I am perhaps most excited about this renaissance. In the play at first stage, we learned about the pool and the cleaner. We learned about the fantastic arts atmosphere. We learned about the culture. And we learned how badly we want to see a resurrection of all of those things. These drawings in front of me, they will bring that about. The return of the museum will bring that about. Your dedication, your willingness to show up here and support members of your community in order to raise up this neighborhood will bring that about. And the sheer will of one talented developer will no doubt bring that about. It is a fantastic day to celebrate not only in Bronzeville, not only the Garfield and the Griot project, but the whole city of Milwaukee, if I dare say, Mayor, and throughout the whole state of Wisconsin. Because as Milwaukee goes, so goes the state. We want Milwaukee functioning on all cylinders. And this project is representative of exactly that. Congratulations. Wayman and Lieutenant Governor Clayfish for those lovely remarks. We now turn to Milwaukee's mayor, Tom Barrett. We greatly appreciate the support of your administration that has invested greatly into this tra transaction and in me as a person. Thank you to the teams in the Community Development Grants Administration, 
the city attorney's office, and the Department of City Development. And a special shout out to Commissioner Marku for letting the mayor speak on behalf of the city because that saved me about 20 minutes on my program. <laughs> it's all love in the family. So as the mayor makes his way to the stage, <laughs> Lieutenant Governor did mention something beautiful when it, that is that first stage did create a play about the history of Bronzeville and there actually are pamphlets at one of the tables in the back uh, that they put together that really gives a nice historical reference piece related to the history of Bronzeville. So, Mayor Barrett. Well, good morning. Uh, it's great to see this tent filled. This is a wonderful day. The sun is shining uh, in Milwaukee, both literally and figuratively, with this incredible development. And I want to congratulate Melissa and her partners, everybody who's involved in this, because this is a huge step forward for our community. And I want to talk just a couple minutes about our city and the challenges our city faced. Uh, it was probably 10 years ago, and we were doing one of the, the high rises downtown, and I was there for the groundbreaking for that. And I lamented the fact that for decades, for decades in this community, we had battles with some of our neighbors, um, our suburban neighbors about housing, about housing for low-income people, about affordable housing. And a lot of those battles were met with resistance or outright hostility because it was difficult to get other communities to understand what we were doing here and making sure that we were providing decent housing for people of all incomes. That is what our goal is and has always been. And we were met again with resistance from other communities in providing the same decent housing for low-income people. So I said that day that since we couldn't convince our suburban neighbors to help us have this low-income housing and take some of our low-income people, what we would do is we'd just, we'd, we wouldn't give up. We would just take some of their rich people. Um, and in essence, that's part of what's happened in this community over the last decade, really. What you've seen is you've seen more income and wealth come back into the city. And that's a good thing for our city. That's a good thing for our city to have different backgrounds, different incomes, different religions, different races. That's what makes a city really a vibrant place to live. And we've made investments there and people talk about all the great things that are going on downtown in the heart of the city. And I love being the cheerleader for that. But I really love being the cheerleader and the person who helps make it happen in the neighborhoods. And that's where we are today. We are in Milwaukee's neighborhoods, making our neighborhoods stronger. And it's because of Malele Coggs, Alderman Coggs, the, the leadership she's provided. Alderman Stamper, Alderman Johnson, Alderman Bull, Alderman Kovac. And I know I'm missing somebody who's here, but the aldermen and alderwomen buy into this as well. And of course, we've got our very calm, understated Commissioner of Department of City Development, Rocky Marcou, and his team, who have put hundreds of hours into making this happen as well. And none of this has been by accident. None of it has been by accident. The whole purpose and the whole goal is to have affordable, decent housing for people of all incomes. And I want everybody in this city to be proud of a city that recognizes that decent housing is a basic human right, and we have to do what we can to make sure that people of all incomes have that. 
Now, that doesn't happen by accident because you have to have partnerships and you have to have innovative people and people who won't quit. And that's where Melissa comes in. And I want to tell you something that makes me think of Melissa. If you wanted to be a Navy SEAL, you would have to go through rigorous, rigorous training. And going through that training would be something that would test anybody. And of 100 people who start that training, only 30 make it to the end. And as you're going through that training, if you don't want to continue, there's a bell. And all you have to do is ring the bell. And then you can stop being part of that program. There's no, there's no disgrace attached to that. There's no hostility. You can just ring the bell and you can stop. Only 30 people don't ring that bell. And in order for you not to ring that bell, you have to have a determination, a belief in yourself, a willingness to work with others, and a willingness to push yourself beyond what you ever thought you could do. Melissa Goins never, ever, ever rings the bell. She never rings the bell. She understands how challenging this is. She understands the layers. She understands the idiosyncrasies of personalities, of institutions, of funding sources, and she never, ever rings the bell. And that's a lesson to anybody in this, in this community, anybody in this tent who wants to succeed. Look at people who never ring the bell. Those are the people who succeed. Those are the people who build the future. Those are the people who create hope and opportunity in other people's lives. And I'm proud that we have this woman in our community who is doing that not only for herself, her sons, and her daughter, but for all of us. Thank you, Melissa, for your leadership. Thank you very much. humble so as I laugh coming to the stage just know it's because they have things to say <laughs> all right so just to give you all a sense of the program I don't know if we're getting antsy or tired but we're about halfway through the remarks and so at this moment I'm just going to take time to thank um, some important partners and funders Josh and I have had the opportunity to work with a really great team who have helped bring this vision to reality we stand in a special neighborhood that has a long uh, legacy. So thank you wholeheartedly to all of our Howyer Park friends and family for allowing this development to occur. In addition, a special acknowledgement to friends of Bronzeville and the Bronzeville Advisory Committee. To the project team whose hands and minds are a huge part of creating this campus, I want to thank the architectural team at Ingberg Anderson, the construction team at Green Fire Management Services, and subsequently all of the subcontractors that we will engage, the Milwaukee Builds training team at Northcott Neighborhood House, who are giving people in our community the opportunity to gain invaluable job training experiences, our attorneys at Michael Best, Reinhardt and Hush and Blackwell, our consultants at Baker Tilly and at McRosty, the Cupid Corporation Board of Directors, the Garfield Artist Advisory um, Board and the artist team who are bringing their talents to this space. And again, another acknowledgement to America's Black Holocaust Museum that you'll be hearing from shortly. And of course, there is a lot of financial investment that goes into a project like this. 
So I would like to make a special thank you to all of our funders. If you look in the handout that was on your chairs, you will see a breakdown of all of the uh, project expenses and different funding sources. If you don't have one in your standing, there is a table that has that handout so you can see all of the people from a financial perspective that have supported um, this transaction. So to WIDA, thank you so much for your investment. To the city of Milwaukee with various sons of, uh, funds of source, sources of funds, excuse me, including the Housing Trust Fund, thank you so much for your investment. To Boston Capital, who I believe at least one person flew in to be with me today. Associated Bank, I know you have teams in from Milwaukee, Chicago, and I believe a special someone from St. Louis. To IFF, who's in Chicago, thank you for all of your support on this tr transaction. The Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation, the Workforce Funders Alliance, the Federal Home Loan Bank of Chicago, and to the Greater Milwaukee Foundation, who actually provided a grant for you to have these festivities today. Um, through the Greater Milwaukee Foundation, I do need to acknowledge that their proceeds came through diff three different funds, the Marvin E. Hassel Fund for the Arts, the Patricia, um, Patricia Ray Howe Fund, as well as the Martin, Martin Luther King Memorial Fund. So thank you to all of our financial partners. So now, to the other woman of the hour, Otter Woman Malele Cox. She has truly been an advocate of mine, an advocate of the museum, and an advocate of the neighborhood even prior to her taking office. At this time, I invite my friend and Otter Woman to the stage. of the Garfield Project, which includes the reemergence of America's Black Holocaust Museum. So I know we have more energy than that. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. All right. As I thought about what words I could bring to you all today, I was a little bit at a loss. I try to have a couple of words in my mind usually before, um, before I speak, but I thought, and a wise a colleague of mine said, you know, you know how we do, speak from the heart. Um, and so that's what I'll do. As I walk to the stage and as I look upon this crowd, I could not um, think but to say, wow. I say wow because it was almost nine years ago that um, I was elected. And I'm going to do the political thing and give a shout out to all of my colleagues who are here. Um, Alderman uh, Rainey, Alderman Stamper, Alderman Lewis, Alderman Johnson, Alderman Bull. Um, and I, I also see Supervisor uh, Supreme Momokunde Moore. Um, and any others who I'm sorry I did not see, blame it on my head. I ain't done yet. Blame it, blame it on my head, not on my heart. And I saved this one for last, um, Alderman Kovac, a classmate of mine um, from Riverside. I say that because before we were sworn in, and, and, COVID, and all, Nick, you probably remember this, um, on, on April 15th, he gave me a call before we were sworn in, before we were ever officially order people, and said, Malala, I got a call from my guy, Reggie. 
um, and Reggie is on the board at the Holocaust Museum and they need help. And I know it's in your district, so I just wanted to make sure to connect you two. So the first meeting I had as an Arbor woman of the 6th District um, was with Reggie Jackson about the future of America's Black Holocaust Museum. Um, and it was, you know, in that moment that it made me reflect upon my own personal dealings with Mr. Cameron through the years and how much I learned from the museum and from him and his life and legacy. Um, and it also made me know that um, it was so much work <laughs> that I was about to have to do. I want to thank um, Mayor Barrett and uh, Commissioner Marcoux because the first thing I did, I was new, I didn't know much. I thought I'm going to have to meet with the mayor and I'm going to have to meet with the commissioner to see you know, what the city can do. And I'll never forget as I left that meeting, um, Mayor Barrett said, we have to preserve Mr. Cameron's legacy. And whether, whether members of the community know it or not, for nine long years, um, so many people have been laboring behind the scenes, um, having meetings, strategically aligning, um, cultivating new international boards, um, and giving so much uh, of labor of love for the intent of the museum to resurface physically. Um, so it is, so when I say wow, as I come to this stage, I think the only point at which I'll feel it even more wow is in 2018 when we actually open the doors. Um, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing um, them service or any of us service if I didn't acknowledge the fact that over the years we've seen so many cultural institutions in this city go by the wayside. And while they may be for a variety of reasons, we know this, with the proper support and guidance, any of our cultural institutions has the ability to sustain and grow. So I would hope as excited as we are today to break this ground, that we continue to support, visit, financially help out, promote, whatever we must do, volunteer, become a griot, do whatever we must do to help ensure that the museum not only opens, but that it remains and it continues to grow, not only for this city and our community, but for this nation and this world. Because we also know as we look around today, the state of relations amongst people is a little less humane than it was when the museum first opened. There is no greater time in history for the museum to be returning to have those dialogues about race and equity and all of the things that we turn on CNN and MSNBC and see thrashed every day now. To have real dialogue and real discourse about the future of this nation and this world and the contribution that we each must make to it. Because I know this, there would be no griot, there would be no Holocaust Museum, there would be no redevelopment of the Garfield School were it for not, if it were not for a combination of a collaboration of people. This process, this project, and even this room is an example of the collaboration and different intersections of people that have to come together for this city, this nation to be better and for the museum to succeed. So I would hope that that is something that we remember as we move forward. The only thing I started this day with was like, man, it's raining. 
So I thought, man, this is, you know, rain usually makes you feel dreary and sleepy and all of that. But I talked to a couple of friends this morning, and it came to me. I said, you know what? I'm going to flip this. I think of the rain today as this. It is the ancestors weeping. They are weeping tears of joy because of today, because of this groundbreaking, because after nine years and after two and a half with the whole Garfield project, we are here today to break this ground so that all that the museum can help to lead conversation, discussion, awareness, and learning in, all of the opportunities that come about with the entirety of this project can be had. So as we talk about ancestors, I would be remiss if I didn't ask for us to take a moment of silence for someone who has gone on to be with the ancestors. Um, as Melissa mentioned, right to your left and to my right, adjacent to us is Howyer Park. Many of us know this great uh, neighborhood, one of Milwaukee's best, um, but some of us know the history, some of us don't. Um, but the land was put up for RFP, and the RFP that won was one submitted by a realtor, a realtor named Beachy Brooks. Um, and what he submitted is what we now see as um, how you're parking. He himself um, passed away on March 22nd, um, still being a resident of how you're parked. So if we could just please take a moment of silence um, for him since he has gone on to be with the ancestors. Thank you. I brought up Breachy Brooks because as much um, accolades as we give Melissa, which she is so deserving of, I tell her all the time, she is truly an inspiration. Um, as I look in this room, I see so many other people who are working on real estate, working on development, and trying to uh, move so many things forward in this city. We say Milwaukee is going through a renaissance. It's not just because of downtown. It's because the neighborhoods throughout this city, so many of each of you, are working to help redevelop them. And I think we serve as inspirations for each other uh, to keep that movement forward. Because as bad as statistics and other things may say this city is, I know this, it is as great as we make it. And I want to thank each of you for your contributions in making it that. Um, again, I just want to give props to Melissa. Um, the, the other thing is this, as a museum, as we talked about how it could come about, I talked to plenty of developers. It was like, hey, we want the museum back in Bronzeville because it's something you could do. And Melissa is one even before the two and a half years ago who in several different iterations and several different conversations and attempts at development has always um, stayed true to a commitment to attempting to help them come back. And so I'm just so happy to see it come to fruition and for us to be breaking down today. So I do just want to say um, thank you to Melissa. The other two who I am about to introduce. Um, one is of course the son um, and holds the legacy of the founder of um, the Holocaust Museum, uh, Mr. Virgil Cameron, if you could come up. The other has been a steward of the vision and mission of Mr. Cameron. Uh, we tried to work with the board and do a lot of stuff for a few years when I first got elected, but it wasn't until um, Mr. Brad Pruitt came to my office, and I know Brad from years and years ago before being elected, and he said, I really, it's on my heart, I gotta do something for the museum, I, I think I can help. And I was like, a lot of people try to help, a lot of people try to do stuff, I don't know, Brad. And he was like, nah, just tell me who to talk to. Tell me who to connect with. I could do it, I could do it. I said, all right, whatever help you need, I'm here for you. And he's been nonstop ever since, working with the board, working with the family, 
and so much of how far we've come is due to the energy and devotion that he's had to help and make sure that the legacy continues. So without further ado, I now introduce to you Mr. Virgil Cameron and Mr. Brad Pruitt. Two of my sheroes already woke y'all up. I wish y'all could see yourselves this afternoon. You know, Melissa and I, Alderwoman and I, talk often about the Milwaukee that we grew up in and how different the Milwaukee we now live in is from the Milwaukee we grew up in. Um, the conversation that the Alderwoman was referring to when we first began this journey seven years ago was about our determination to bring the Milwaukee that we grew up back to today. Um, my name is Brad Pruitt. I'm an artist and a filmmaker and a very, very proud Milwaukeean. And I stand before you today as one of the hundreds of volunteers, consultants, scholars, web developers um, that have done this work to bring the museum from Dr. Cameron passed away at 92 years of life in 2006. Two years later with the recession and a series of other factors, the museum closed. And if we continue the work that we've been doing collectively this time next year, the museum will be reopened a decade later. I would like to specifically shout out Dr. Fran Kaplan, the architect of the Virtual Museum. Reggie Jackson, the head griot, who has done the vast majority of the public programming and speaking all over the city, all over the state, and all over the country. With very modest funding, with volunteer staff and, and consultants, uh, the virtual museum was the first step back into the physical space. The virtual museum turned five years old this year on Dr. Cameron's birthday. And in those five years, that little engine that could has reached over 200 countries, is visited by nearly 1.5 million people a year. And that's without marketing, that's without promotion, that's without paid staff. That's what people dedicating their evenings and weekends long nights and long days uh, to this work because we believe in each other and we believe in our city. And so we've done all of that to get to today. Ground being broken, the promise of a new museum being open, but the grassroots volunteer labor has gotten us this far. To get to the finish line, we need your continued support. That means we need your talent, we need your time, for those of you that got some in your checking account, we need some of that. <laughs> because we've taken it as far as we can take it from the grassroots volunteer perspective. And so I'm calling on all of you today. If you love each other, if you love the city, if you want to be about the education of our community, if you want to be about us coming together as a whole community the way we once were, then we need your help. And I'm calling for your help today. So in closing, I just want to um, 
I want to prepare you to hear from Dr. Cameron's son, Virgil Cameron, who has been on the board from the beginning, who has been a tireless advocate of his father's vision, and uh, a dear brother and a dear friend, Virgil Cameron. Good morning, thank you. <clears throat> you know, I remember uh, the day that Reggie Jackson and I spent loading the artifacts and furnishings of the museum into uh, trucks for storage. That was a sad day for America's Black Holocaust Museum, and it would have broke my father's heart. After all the effort he put into his dream to have it shuttered like that. But today, America's Black Holocaust is coming back. And uh, thanks to, in large to all the people involved in this wonderful project. I can't name them all, but there are some people that I want to uh, point out and particularly Alderwoman Malayla Cobbs. She's always been in our corner. She's been a, a, a strong fighter for us for years. Mayor Barrett, thank you. Uh, Governor, Assistant Governor uh, Clayfish, thank you. And Melissa Goins, what a wonderful person. Thank you for your uh, participation. Also, Dr. Fran Kaplan, uh, she has been in our corner for years, and she's a tremendous friend of the Cameron family. And uh, she started this virtual museum that kept America's Black Holocaust Museum in the forefront. America's Black Holocaust Museum did not wane. As a matter of fact, it's, it, the, it's grown so large now, thanks in part to the virtual museum that Fran started. My father is smiling right now and is hoping that the hard work that we have put in so far will continue. We need to understand that the really hard part is just beginning. We need to continue to work. Thank you very much. heavy with heaven and time. Form lifelines around this sacred place. Bring the rain. Bring the clusters of overhead dreams, of ancestral showers. Our feet, they be fallen like seeds. Bring that condensation of history, of intention. When we stand to fall, to fall into the depths of soil, to reach ourselves beyond the roots when we stand, to fall, to drench. We put our intentions and our consciousness across this place. When we move with the intention of space, we be like rain. We must fall together. 
We must drench, we must clean, we must be the earth rising. We pour ourselves into this place, we saturate. We saturate this earth space, fertile as ever, as if we pass dry land and let our dreams soil, as if we pass dry land and let our stories wither, we release our legacy like kisses upon the wind, be the rain. We are cumulus, be the rain. We are thundercloud, be the rain. Be the change, be the clap, be the torrent, be the redemption in this movement. We be downpour, we be answer, we are questions, we are the truth. We are summer shower, we are the wail of saxophone blues. We are the blessing, be the reason, be the harvest of this fearless dreaming. We bring music, we bring life, we bring love, we bring city, we bring life, we bring nets, we bring the Gift. We bring the drops, every step we move on this sacred place. We be the rain, we be the promise, we be the next rebirth. Bring the rain, gray clouds to blue skies. We make them move. You be the rain. Bergner, I'm a real estate lawyer, and I'm realizing at this moment that I'm the subject of a cruel joke by <laughs> Melissa, uh, because I'm sandwiched in between this amazing spoken word artist and lunch, and uh, it's just an awful feeling. But uh, with, with, with a directive to speak from the heart, nevertheless. Um, so I am... <laughs> So I am um, I'm a real estate lawyer and a very good friend of Melissa's, and um, she asked me to say a few words to speak from the heart, and that's what I'll do. I have closed a lot of real estate deals in my career, not just here in Milwaukee, but around the country. And this project is going to hold a very special place for me uh, on my list. And it's not because of the size or the complexity of the deal, but it was certainly very complex. Um, what stands out for me about this project are all the people that showed up to make it happen. I mean, if you look at just the list of project partners that you heard about, investors, bankers, the city, the state, museum, neighbors, elected officials, and the list goes on. These are incredibly difficult projects to make happen. And it starts with Melissa Goins. Melissa who took hold of this vision and she never let it go. She never took no for an answer and she never looked back. It could not have happened without her personal commitment, her advocacy, and her sincerity with which she carries it out. I also want to acknowledge Josh Jeffers who chose the path less traveled in his development career to partner in this project who stepped outside of his own comfort zone because he believed in Melissa's vision and recognized the importance of this project to this community. The partners acknowledged in this project all invested in making this happen in a way that goes way beyond dollars and cents. They showed up. Everybody did. 
We celebrate a great accomplishment today, that's true. But lucky for everybody here, there is still a lot of work to be done. And I know you all care enough to help make it happen. We have a great opportunity here before us as a community to come together to support the reemergence of the America's Black Holocaust Museum, to support this amazing group of people that have dedicated countless hours of their lives unpaid to preserving Dr. Cameron's legacy, and to contribute to a vibrant Bronzeville corridor. It's my hope that everybody here in this room today commits before they walk out of this tent to helping to make that happen. Thank you so much. So we are closing with my remarks here. The band will begin as soon as I stop talking and the food will be ready nice and hot for you to have a little something before you go on about your day. I am absolutely humbled and um, appreciative for all of your presence and I thank you for all of the love and support in the individual way that you show it. And so as many of, as you, as many of you know, my venture into real estate began in 2004 through the Associates in Commercial Real Estate or ACRE program. And I guess I'll take that moment to acknowledge my ACRE colleagues and the mentors that I gained through that process. Um, and it also was supported though in 2006 through the WIDA Mentor Protege program. Over the last 11 years, I have developed over 300 apartment units with total development costs over $70 million. When I first formed Moore's Development, there was a lot that I did not know. But what I did know was that failure was not an option. That it would not be easy, and most important, I knew that the visions that were divinely assigned to me were possible. As we stand here today, I recall words of encouragement that my great aunt Mildred, my grandmother's sister, um, shared with me. She reminded me that I stand on the shoulders of many who laid the foundation for me to be here. I was attracted to Bronzeville not because the city put forth a plan to create Milwaukee's African American Arts and Entertainment District. I was attracted to the spirit of Walnut Street, its history, its legacy, and its and my ancestral roots. All those who made it great live within me, and I thank you for joining me and Josh today to celebrate this great moment, and I ask you to embody the spirit to find the ways in which each one of us will continue to build our community's path forward. Thank you so much. Yeah.